How would you like to grow your business the easy way, and in my humble opinion, the fun way, through speaking? Yes, you can literally speak your way to more business, and we can show you how. You know, when I started my coaching business 15 years ago, I struggled making only $900 in the first two years. Yeah, you heard that right. Less than $1,000 in two years. The problem? I was busy running around to networking events and handing out business cards, trying to help everyone, you know, everyone. Then I took the stage for the first time in my life and began speaking and teaching about the strategies I coached on. And when I really got my message dialed in, my business went literally from three figures a year (laughs) to seven figures. The secret I finally realized is that when you take the stage, you instantly become seen as the leading voice in your niche or industry. Today, we show entrepreneurs just like you and just like I was how to dominate your niche by becoming the leading voice, not just another expert. We run an incredible business mastermind speaker training program. It's called The Leading Voice. You guessed it. If you head over to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and grab my free roadmap, Eight Pillars to Profitable Speaking. This free roadmap outlines the exact eight secret weapons you need to truly become the leading voice in your niche. This is exclusively for my podcast listeners. You go to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and start speaking your way to more business. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are back in the saddle again. Um, I know that you have been pivoting in your business. You've been growing, and you've been working on things, and that's exactly why we keep coming back to these phenomenal interviews with true driven entrepreneurs and get this backstory, origin story, and especially in today's uh, global climate, we are talking about also not just origin stories, but pivot stories, and this is something that people have been really, really excited and happy to hear about and very relevant to, again, to today's climate. So with me today is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, worked with brands like Sony Music, Chanel, and Exxon. Uh, David Wood is with me today. He left a cushy Park Avenue job 20 years ago to build the world's largest coaching business. And I want to get into that because I've been in the coaching space for a decade and a half at this point, and I can't wait to talk to David about that. Um, He became number one on Google for life coaching. My goodness. So David, without any further ado, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? 
Thanks, Matt. I'm good. And uh, I'm pumped. I, I listened to your podcast this morning and we had a good chat and I'm looking forward to see what comes, comes out of our mouths. Yeah, I, I always think, you know, we're, we should have been rolling tape a little earlier as we were just getting to know each other and chatting before, uh, before going on the show. Um, but, you know, so you live in Boulder, Colorado, um, enjoying that. Is that a nice, good spot for you right now as far as, again, the whole space in the entire globe and what's going on and what's been going on over the last few months? Yeah, I, I traveled for two years before I settled on Boulder. And I, I went and lived in Colombia for a while and I went up to Montreal and I checked out Calgary again. And then I chose Boulder because the community's wonderful. I, I, I'm quite progressive and I like people who are studying spirituality and yoga and just looking for like, how do we have life be better? Oh, heck man, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. And Boulder is just gorgeous. So uh, there are lots of cheaper places I could choose to live, but I've chosen Boulder and I'm pretty hermited. So COVID-19 hasn't impacted me a lot. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll hit me financially. There's a training that's been postponed or canceled, but I tend to live alone with my, my puppy in this beautiful house overlooking a valley in the mountains. So not a lot's changed for me. Like you want to be home anyway, and this is yeah. uh, it's kind, of, kind of a good thing. Yeah. Um, and from your accent, it sounds like you probably were born and raised in Colombia. Is that right? Just kidding. Sounds Australian. Am I off? Es verdad. No soy australiano. I'm, I'm, from, <laughs> I'm from Australia and I've spent so much time in the US. I came over, I'm 51 now. I came over the age of 23 and worked for four years as a consulting actuary on, on park. And by the way, people who don't know what an actuary is, heavy statistics, probability, looking 100 years into the future to see if an insurance company is still going to be solvent, that kind of thing. And risk management, huge on risk management. So I, I did that. And, and then I went back to Australia for a while and I was like, man, I miss the States. I just, I just really like Americans. So I've lived maybe, wow. maybe 20 years I've, I've spent in the US and it feels uh, at least as much home as Australia does. Very cool. We're real quick, and I'll get off this topic. Uh, where were you mostly in Australia? Because I spent a couple of two, three years uh, living over there, six months out of the year, and working and growing the business there, mostly in the Gold Coast. Where were you at? Mainly Sydney, and I've also lived in Melbourne and Byron Bay. Oh, but <laughs> I was going to say Byron Bay, man. That's the, yeah. the boulder of uh, of the east coast of Australia. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. might have a few extra crystals than Boulder does even. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a beautiful experience for uh, everyone should do it if they can. I, I love it. Yeah, definitely visit at, at the very least. Uh, so David, you, you know, getting into what you said, heavy statistics, probabilities, that's not something that to me, I think most of the entrepreneurs, quote unquote, you know, in the current space today, when we're following our mission and passions and purposes, most people don't get, get into that. Did you always know you were going to get into the sort of the corporate work in doing that as a kid? Did you have a different plan <laughs> involved? Can you tell me a little bit about the genesis of David as a, as a child and what you thought you might be when you grow up? Wow, that, that would be interesting to be a six-year-old. Like, I want to be a corporate consultant. I want to be an actuary. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, the way... I want to be an ice cream man. What do you want to be? Yeah. Well, looking back, it, it makes sense now. It, at the time, uh, I became really good at mathematics. I don't know why. I was, it was about, I was probably about 
14, 15, 16, when something kicked into gear and I went from middle of my classes to top of the classes and, and ended up topping the school. And I don't know why that happened, but I think part of it was I had a tragedy when I was about, when I was seven, my little sister died and I witnessed it. And what happened, I didn't know this at the time, but I shut down emotionally and I just got quite cerebral and left-brained, which apparently is a trauma response. And I was so good at math, I thought I'll become an accountant. But then I, uh, my mother's a teacher and she did some research and found out that an actuary seemed a lot harder to qualify. And uh, they got paid more and there was more prestige and you needed really good math skills. So I was like, well, why wouldn't I do that? And they were offering scholarships to become an actuary and they were unbonded, which meant that they would pay me per year to go to school uh, and college was, was free back then as well in Australia. They'd pay me and then I didn't have to work for them if I didn't want to at the end of it. So I was like, this seems amazing. And I went and did that and became an actuary and that's how I got into it. I just didn't realize that I was missing this huge piece of myself, which is the emotional side, the emotional intelligence, vulnerability, and deep connection with other people. I didn't know anything about that. I was just good at my job. So then I discovered personal growth and uh, that changed everything for me. As, as you're, you're getting into this whole personal growth world and, you know, I had similar in a way where, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I found these real estate guys and they mentored me. Um, so I always give a shout out on the show to Joe and Ed Sweeney. Um, they changed my life, but I thought I was going to be in real estate and I figured out I was a good salesperson, I guess. And, but then I found personal growth and Tony Robbins and totally changed trajectory what was the conversation and maybe, you know, going to your, you do tough conversations. That's what your podcast is about. That's what your book is about. Did you have a tough conversation in your head when you were in the kind of in deep with corporate, right? You're doing this, this actuary consulting work and you're going deeper into personal development. Did you have that kind of split, that tough conversation of what the hell do I do? Do, do I follow this as a new business or do I just do this with my life and continue, you know, doing yoga and, and life coaching and so forth? Cause I love it, but then keep the career. What was going on in your mind at that point and how did you reconcile it? Yeah, it happened a bit slower than that, but that, that's kind of how it happened over time. Initially, I just wasn't happy in New York. My, my, I was getting divorced with, from my wife and I thought I'd be happier in Australia. So one tough conversation was, how do I tell my company? And I decided I wanted to quit in six months time. And how do I be in integrity with that? And cause they're lining me up with new clients and I'm like, guys, I have, I have to come clean here. So I took a risk and they could have fired me right there. And then when I said, I want to leave in six months, but they said, okay, we'll work with you. And then when I got back to Australia, I started playing guitar because when you take a break from work, I think that's a great time to do the stuff you can't do when you have a job. So I, uh, I got a guitar and a kilt and an Afro wig and I started entertaining and playing in pubs and parties and even on our national gong show. And, <laughs> and what I discovered was I, hadn't, I had a, a, a skill of entrepreneurship. This was my first time with any kind of a business and I can't sing. 
you got to bear that in mind. So I can't sing and here I am hiring myself out as a singer and entertainer. And I earned about 10 grand over a year and a half, and, uh, which I think was a huge success for someone who sucks at singing. <laughs> and then- Look, if I could make 10 grand singing, my wife would pass out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, um, I was doing some consulting on the side and then I discovered coaching. I didn't know, I, I'd gotten hooked on coaching back in New York when I did a personal growth course and accidentally coached someone and changed their life overnight. I just like, I couldn't help myself by like, well, have you tried this and what about this? And I held space for someone. And then I found out someone had a business card with coaching and then I met a guy who was in a coach training course. And so I hired him for 25 bucks a week that's what I, what I paid him. I said, I'll be your practice client. And then uh, someone auditioned for my duo that I was creating uh, in the singing business. And she was having trouble in her life. And I said, why don't you be my practice client? And she paid me $25 a week. And that's how I got started in the industry. And then it was probably about a year later that I quit the consulting and actually resigned as an actuary, which was one of the biggest moments in my life because I sweat blood and tears to qualify for that. And that was hard to let go of. So this was a real moment. So how long did you have the overlap? I'm trying to keep the time frame straight here. So you're still working in corporate, you go off and do music and the performing, and then you start doing life coaching practice sessions, 25 bucks a week, which I love, by the way, my practice sessions were free. That was a mistake. Uh, Glad to hear that. How long was your overlap? Maybe a year, I was still consulting on the side. I had my own little thing. I just called all my contacts in Australia and I said, I'm available per hour if you need help. And a lot of people did. And I I was getting good money working from home. So I could have kept doing that forever. But I I just loved the coaching. And I was so pulled towards it. So it was a big deal when I had enough money coming in. I was probably earning about $80,000 a year from coaching. And I'm like, I'm letting go and I'm resigning. I don't think I'm ever coming back. And I'm assuming you're probably able to make more than that in corporate at the time. More than what? More than the 80K from coaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He says, oh, yeah. 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 I think I I could have done really well. I was going to go into compensation consulting and and make a little pivot from where I was, but still be an actuary. And that was my life. That was my trajectory. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. And I could have held onto the actuarial designation, which is very appealing, but I would have had to do 40 hours a year of continuing education. And I didn't want to do it, Matt. I did not want to do it. I'm like, I'm not spending 40 hours of my life on this bullshit stuff that I'm not interested in. I'll tell you, dude, this this is so interesting because this is exactly the conversation in my head when I, when I decided not to renew my real estate broker's license. And I kept that thing live for actually quite a few years. I think at least 10, 12 years after I quit doing real estate, but it was that same thing. It's like, man, yeah, I closed down the office, but I could still do work. And I still had people coming here and there. It's like, oh yeah, I could list your house, put a sign in the yard or whatever. But I just didn't want to do it. And everything was about coaching. Yeah, I just wanted to be with the people, you know? And uh, I, I did it terribly. Like uh, my, my pivot was almost two years and I made $900. A lot of people listening know my story, so I won't go too deep into that. But, you know, I basically said, I'm done with this and I'm just going to coach for free and figure it out. And I made very little money. 
I love the advice I give today is exactly in line with your story. It's like, get your new business started up, get things going. And if it works and if you like it, and if you stay and you're making money, then go part time. And then eventually you resign. So I'm glad to hear that that happened. How did you go from now you're coaching full time, you're making 80K a year, significantly less, but still, you know, nothing to sneeze at. How do you start going from there to, did you say, I'm going to grow the biggest life coaching business? I'm going to get number one on Google. How were you finding your early clients? And what was that kind of mode you were in of, did you say, I'm going to grow this as a business or is it just all about the coaching? I know I asked a few questions in one, but yeah, I'll give you the, the quick first one really is, is it business or is it about the content? I'll give you a quick version of the timeline. It was um, initially I called my, my friends and contacts and colleagues and said, Hey, I'm offering this service. How about I do half price for you? Because I don't feel comfortable charging you the full rate. And then yeah. I hired one of the top coaches in the country and she was, which is a great idea. Like just get a top coach. If you're going to build a business, particularly if it's a coaching business. And she helped me uh, discover speaking as a way to get clients. Bingo. And so I started doing that and I'm getting clients and I'm building, but because I'm a geek, I gravitated towards search engine optimization and building a website and, and I did a trade with somebody and they did a website for me and I started becoming, I was like number one, three and seven on the search engines. I was dominating the search engines. Just for life coaching. Life, life coaching, coach. become a coach because I started coaching <clears throat> coaches. And then in 2002, uh, I, I started getting into digital products. This is a long time ago, but I started selling a speech that I, I'd given to a big conference and then I wrote the coach start manual and then I created DVDs and eventually I did a book called get paid for who you are. And so I let go of the coaching and I became the digital guy who was serving coaches. And then after six years of not speaking, something happened. There was an amazing, I don't know what it was. I wish I could bottle it for everybody, Matt, but something clicked and I became myself on stage instead of mm. pretending and trying to like do something and being so terrified. I, I kept the terror. I still get scared every time I get up on stage, but I was myself. I could laugh at myself. I was present with my audience. So something happened and I, uh, it was a trial by fire because T half Ecker, uh, his people found me and I think it was a bit of an accident actually. And they, they put me on stage and lo and behold, I'm good at it. And that was 1,200 people. So, uh, but then, so that was the trajectory, but then I burned out. How, how long, let, let's, let's break this out just a little bit because this is, I think, very relevant. A lot of the listeners right now, you guys are coaches, entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, you're in that space. And certainly you're talking my language right now, David, because um, that was what I was doing in Australia. I don't know if you, well, you left pretty early on, but there's a pretty big promoter, a friend of mine named Jamie McIntyre over there, and he's still doing work over there. Um, but Jamie ran 21st Century Academy and doing seminars all over the country. And I just kind of hooked in with them. And before I know it, I have a whole business over there. So it was about, let's see, for me, it was probably two and a half years or so of like, this is the dream. And then my body hit burnout before my mind did. Um, and I just completely broke down. Like I got sick at the drop of a hat. I, I melted in a puddle. And I remember that very clearly that day because I've been pushing and touring so hard. 
say it's like being a rock star without the rock or the star, you know, it's just the travel schedule. What was, how, how long was it for you to get into speaking really as a major thing? How long were you doing that and thriving and enjoying it? And not saying you don't enjoy it now. I like, I get it's all part of a story, but how long were you doing that until something gave and you had that burnout? And second part of the question is, was the burnout physical, mental, emotional, spiritual? What was that for you? Hmm. Well, it was six years of not speaking yep. on stage. And then I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. And the first time selling from the stage, I sold $150,000 in product. And then the second time, there were less people in the audience, 20% less people, and we sold $387,000 in product. What was the price point for that, if I can ask? 2000 and 4000 were the options. Jeez. So I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. And then for, weirdly, <laughs> yeah. weirdly didn't really pursue it. Like I tried a, a little bit and um, did a few other speeches and whatever that weren't as big. The audiences weren't as, as big. But I just didn't really pursue it full time. I was doing my digital stuff and, and I built my email list to 150,000 people. And I'd gotten uh, building my goodwill and my network. And I ended up by a stroke of, fate and good management, I got into the Transformational Leadership Council, which is a group uh, founded by Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and John Gray from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And even Marianne Williamson was on that presidential candidate. I get to hang out with those people as peers, which is so that, you know, I'm proud of the speaking and I'm proud of the book and I'm proud of the digital stuff and I'm proud of the coaching. I'm proud of, I'm proud of my friends as well. So those are the different ways that, uh, that I built myself and my business. But then the burnout, I, I just put so much into helping coaches and helping entrepreneurs in startup mode and particularly helping people start an internet business. And the book, Get Paid for Who You Are, was all about how to share what you love using the internet. But I did it for too long. And the day of my book launch, I wept. I fell on my knees in my bedroom and I wept because the server, I want to swear. I'm assuming you don't swear on this, but I want to swear. The server crashed. Yeah. And I paid for server reinforcement and the server crashed. And I just, I wept. And I've had anxiety and depression on and off throughout my life, maybe due to what happened when I was a kid, or maybe it's hereditary or who knows. But I, I was burned out and just not, I was playing a lot of video games, which is one of my escapes. And I just wasn't getting out of the house much. And I didn't want to really coach. I didn't want to send anything to my list of 150,000 people. So yep. I let that atrophy and I let it dwindle to almost nothing. And I went to Bali and I started, I lived in the, in the rice fields, surrounded by rice paddies with staff looking after me. And I kind of was, it was a beautiful life and I was slowly dying in Bali because yeah, I had, it was almost a retirement, right? It, was, yeah, it wasn't, I, it wasn't a vacation on purpose. It was, I, no, I, I need a mission. I need yes. a purpose. And so fortunately I got kicked out of Bali. I, I had to flee the country with hours notice because I, I, I was subletting a room in my, my villa to tourists and you're not allowed to do that. 
because mm. I didn't have a work visa to do that. It's the same in any country, but other countries don't care. But Bali, they care, but I didn't know there could be jail time. So, wow. so I was looking at possible jail time and it, it was like a born identity day. I got to tell you, when I didn't know if I should leave the country, if I should go to the interview, am I going to be in jail for weeks or months negotiating a bribe? And so I left the country the same day and I didn't know if I would get out of the airport. I didn't know if I was flagged. It was a really scary day. But what happened is I had to reinvent myself, Matt, because I, I'd been covering my rent from this little Airbnb thing on the side. And I now had to reinvent myself. Who am I in the world? What am I going to do for money? And I've just never been able to go and do something just for money. I just, I'm not, if, I could, if I could do that, I'd be an investment banker. That's what I would yeah. do. I'd be making a fortune. But someone said to me, a good friend of mine, Ezra Firestone from Smart Marketer, said, you're a great coach. Why don't you go back to coaching? I'll send an email for you. And I'm like, what, really? Because he's got a huge following. I'm like, don't, don't mess with me. And he said, no, I will. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take that opportunity. So I reinvented myself and thank goodness I don't work with coaches anymore because I've just done that. I've said everything that I want to say to coaches. I, uh, and also startup, if you don't know what you want to do, I'm good at that, but I don't generally do that. It's just not my jam. What I love is working with high level, high achievers who are already doing great stuff in the world and they want to fly higher. They want their business to be better. They want their life to be better. Let's play. That's, that's my sweet spot now. And I'm, I, I'm almost, almost have to pinch myself to realize I'm actually doing it. I wanted to make that transition for 10 years. And now I'm coaching vice presidents at Warner Brothers and I'm coaching entrepreneurs who have their own radio show and they're just a joy to, to play with. And yeah, we still, we get into the deep stuff when they fall apart and uh, you know, they don't know how to speak to their kid. And we, we st I get to do the personal stuff I've always wanted to do. And then we get into the business stuff as well. It's, I, you know, I hadn't realized till this moment, Matt, that this is something I've wanted to do for 10 years and now I am. Well, and can I ask you, and this may or may not be a tough conversation, but um, I, I like to go there too, because everything you're saying, I'm completely relating to, right? After, you know, I've been a decade and a half doing life coaching and speaking, and then I got into coaching coaches. I've certified thousands of coaches, thousands of NLP mm. practitioners. I've like been doing that. Wow. That's been I created, I created a coach training school as well. So it sounds like you and I have really walked a similar path. <laughs> Very. So here's my question for you. Um, totally just peel the curtain back. What is the most, how do I say this? What's the most frustrating emotion, if that's the right thing to say, about the startup, the, when you're coaching someone who say like, I'm a solopreneur, I want to be this, or I'm trying to start something new and they're not clear on something. I went through a lot of years where, I mean, I've been doing that and helping people get rolling. For me, it started getting frustrating and I started feeling my energy drained. I still love the people. I want the best for them, but I couldn't just like, I didn't want to show up to work anymore. I didn't want to show up and say, Oh God, I got to coach more people that probably aren't going to do anything with what we do. That was my little, that's kind of how I felt. 
what's that like for you? Did like in the beginning, did you realize that was happening? Um, what's the greatest challenge with coaching who you used to coach? And again, we're not saying something's wrong with them, but maybe we are. I don't know. That's your tough conversation to have. Uh, but what was that like? And then how, how has the pivot been for you and for the clients? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So when I was coaching, see, I used to coach pretty much anybody. Anybody, yeah. Yeah. And I'm still, Whoever needs it. I'm still open. I'm still open on a case-by-case basis. But what happens when I'm coaching people, like I just finished with a client who is just struggling in so many areas and finances are a real issue. Um, you know, paying rent from month to month is a real issue. So at some point it's going to be, do I fix a tire on my car or do I let go of my coach? It's going to be one of those things. So that's, that's not such a fun scenario for me. And also it's hard for, it's hard for me to have a, a big impact because some people are set in their patterns and if they're set in losing patterns, it might even need therapy sometimes to bust them out. Now I have had cases where I even said to a woman, I want to put you in touch with another coach or let me give you, put you in touch with the landmark forum, go and do that course. It's going do to be some cheap. breakthrough work, do some therapeutic work intervention. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be cheaper. She said, no, I want you, you're my coach. And her life changed and I was amazed, but that's a, that's the, uh, the exception to the rule. So, you know, this woman recently, she wanted to get another job and she keeps putting out the resumes and she's just not getting the job. And it's like, well, I can, I can, I can help, but I, it's not where I, I light up. It's frustrating for me too. So it's more fun if I'm working with someone, like I've got one coach, got, got her own radio show and um, she's just on fire. She sent me a text. I'm on fire. That is all. Carry on. <laughs> that's her text, right? And, and so we, we get together and we brainstorm. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. What if you did this too? She's like, oh, let me write that down. I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna so it's the kind of person that. it sounds like if she wasn't coaching with you, if you weren't her coach, she'd still be coming up with ideas and trying to figure it out and making momentum. Yes. But you jump in the mix and make it accelerate it, make it easier. I'll make faster. it bigger and better. And also what she was missing is accountability. She said she yeah. needs someone that she's going to talk to once a week because then she gets stuff done. That's it. I had another client who was a high performer, um, doing really well, but he had shiny object syndrome. Yes. And he, and he said, I just need focus. And then we, I started working with him. He starts cracking a hundred grand a month in his, in his business. And he's now he's, he's just rocking and he's got some practices in place now. So it's fun for me. I, it's like, what's missing? All right, let me add, help you add that piece and you fly higher. Uh, I still work with people who are struggling. I mean, one of my high-performing clients just fell apart when um, their fiance broke up with them. Fell apart for three months. I was like, sure. "All right, I'm just going to hold space with you while you heal, and while you uh, do what you need to do." And then they came back out the other side, and that's a beautiful very, very thing too. Cool. See, that illustrates how. I want to hold both sides. I don't work with people just on business. I don't work with people just on their life. But let's get into the deep work when we need to and let's fly high when we need to. 
Man, David, I, I love I love that response. Hey, man, as we as we wind down our time here, I know you brought something along with you um, that you wanted to give out to people, and I certainly want to make time for that. So, could you tell us a little bit about this free tough conversations blueprint? You know, the um, your new book is all about tough conversations. Actually, so it's we... not. You mentioned that before, but my oh, it's not. I have an old book about get paid for who you are, but I don't yet have a, a book on tough conversations. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Then I probably I probably saw the blueprint copy, and it looks so dang good. It looked just like a it book. It is so. I'm not awesome. going to blame me for that because it looks really cool. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about the tough conversations blueprint, who it's for, and then how to get it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm so proud of that. So it, this is a good thing to have in your back pocket. Whenever you're going to have a tough conversation or you're not even sure how to have the conversation, this blueprint will, it can save your, save your butt for sure. So at playforreal.life, it's not a .com, it's .life, playforreal.life, three things you can do. You can download the blueprint if you uh, want that. It's a free download. You can subscribe to Tough Conversations with David Wood because I have a podcast as well. You can listen to me as well as Matt if you like. And you the, certainly should. It's Tough Conversations podcast, yes? Yeah. And if you, if you identify as a high performer, then, and you want to up-level both your business and your life at the same time, because again, I don't work with just one, see if you qualify for a discovery session. And if you qualify, I don't charge for that. One, because it's fun. And two, because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term. Some people, we create a plan for your life and business and you go off and implement it on your own and let me know how it goes. And with other people, if we can see coaching could make a big impact, then we can talk about setting up coaching. So you can do all three of those things at playforreal.life. Very cool. David, man, thank you for your time. Uh, I know I, I've kept you a little too long, so I sure appreciate you diving so much into the story and into the transition time. This show is about, obviously, the stories behind driven entrepreneurs. So I know we could have talked a lot more about tough conversations, but listen, guys, if you want to learn about the tough conversations side of this, make sure you go listen to Tough Conversations podcast with David Wood and then head over, as he said, to playforreal.life and grab that that four-step tough conversations blueprint and really take charge of the conversations going on in your life. Um, yeah, David, it'll man, make you a great much. leader. Mastering your that's, tough conversations makes you a great leader. That's what it's all about. Hey, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you coming on the show, man, and great to meet you. Yeah, same. Thanks, Matt. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. I hope that was a, a, a fun and interesting and useful show, especially for those of you out there coaching, speaking in that entrepreneur space. So make sure you follow David, uh, facebook.com slash tough conversations with David Wood. And you can find him there. Instagram is underscore play for real. So follow David uh, and keep learning, keep growing with him and other people just like him. Get out there this weekend or stay inside, whatever you feel the need to do. But either way, crush it. I will see you next week.